You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The world is mine! Right, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. your co-host, Jay and I'm here with the one and only Danny Diablo! What's up? That's me, everyone. Me, 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 me. Yo, E, I'm so happy to be back and doing an episode with you, man. I've missed you. Um, we have, we've been keeping the podcast uh, well, warm for you, though, right between... Uh, I want to shout out Donnie um, and Ruckus Podcast oh, for filling in the episodes and the digest. Shout um, out to Donnie, the DRP. Donnie, the DRP, and the uh, Diablos Digest for filling in the gaps. Thank um, you. We got a, a good episode for you today, but we're going to kick it off with a, a couple things that are cooking, man. I want to, um, people who started listening to us, uh, probably this must be like two years ago at this point, when Isaac first started talking about his short film, Priceless. Um, yes. We had Real Wolf on, and it had just come off winning oh, some some great awards. It's a huge it, accolades, actually, man. It won. I, Back eight awards. It was six awards then. They won eight awards since then. Eight, eight awards. So we've now been on to eight awards, dude. I was super proud of you then, and I, I had actually not gotten to see much of the film. You know, R- Real Wolf uh, had only shown me a bunch of clips, but I'm happy to say that that movie is now streaming on YouTube. Yes, uh, it is. I had I've watched it a couple times. I, I I made Viv watch it this weekend. She was she loved it. You know, we sent you a message, a message, uh, a message about it. Um. Yo, E, without giving, I got, so I got a couple questions. Can I, can we want to yeah. talk about the movie a little bit? Please, please, let's go. Okay. So A, it was fucking awesome. I think the way that it was all shot was so sick, the acting and shit. Um, so I'm going to, anybody who doesn't want to be spoiled, pause this, go watch and then come back. Cause I got, I got, I got, a, I got a question first. Oh shit. So in the beginning of the movie, right? When you're, when you're talking to that guy, you know what I'm going to ask, right? Like what? <laughs> That that is it like a it's like a test, right? Like it's break it down. Like when he twi- when the twist at the end yeah, well, is that it's him. I, I, listen, I, I, listen, you know how people have their own ways to uh, interpret it? the lyrics when you do lyrics and like, no, I thought it's this, and it was like, but I'm gonna say what I thought is because yeah. So I want I, tell me a little bit what you were thought. I guess that I really think about that dude uh, was the devil also. Well, so this. So okay, now the devil so goes into my, people's. I, I think you know, the devil goes into people's uh, into forms of demons. Name it, dude, the demon that works for the devil, or, or he sold right, his so soul. Got, so, for the, he sold his soul. The devil went up to him and yo, so so get the, yo. You know what I mean? Like maybe it, yeah, it worked some weird way like that. I don't know, bro. All I know is that Peter Green is the devil. Peter Green's <laughs> amazing in it, but yo, you you yourself very amazing in it too, and and holding your holding up against a, a guy like Peter Green, dude. That the the acting is. I'm the main character. Listen, Hold on. I'm the main character well, in the movie. How great is that? And Viv is the first to always be like, oh, this has bad acting or whatever. But she was like, this is so good. She really liked it. And oh, then I tell her, tell her, thank you, man. Thank you. I will. So, yo, what, so the, the way I interpreted it was this, right? Was like your character was walking somewhere and then he, he, he was like a test was put in front of him, right? And then because you dissed that dude, your whole thing got like fucked up, kind of. I don't know. I don't know if I, I, don't, I, 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 I just think that, uh, 
like almost like some M Night Shyamalan shit. Like he was always there in the beginning to get you. I, I, I guess he, first of all, who he is, he's always been there. So the guy uh, knows I, everything. You know, think about. It. So I think that was just him in another form. Okay. You, know you mean, don't like, think it was uh, he was like testing the character to see like if you weren't going to be like rude to the guy at the homeless farm. You, you get what I'm I, saying? I, I, no? I, I think he was already on him because he he knew what he did in the, in the, the bars. He made talk. You understand? So it's like it's like the prophecy. Remember, he goes, yep. he goes whenever you throw out when Viggo Morrison tells homeboy, uh, he goes, yeah. Yeah, you remember you scared in the bed? You scared you because you thought that you saw someone that was me, and he told me he knew what he was talking about. Yeah, he's always been watching. It was so good, man. Like I said too, the way that uh, the way that Real Wolf, like the cinematography, you know, and the way it's shot. Tom, Tom is Tom is a great director. Producer, uh, the the crew that he has, uh, Delaney is a DP, and uh, and Chino, these guys work together as a unit at the Real Wolf Productions, and all of them are amazing people and uh, and great, great, great uh, film film guys. So I, I shout out to all of those, to to Tom, I love you, Delaney, I love you, and Chino, I love you. So those guys, and I've been working with those guys. I've been working with these guys. I went to Florida with them. The work that they're they're doing the Coogee Rap documentary, so basically um, I, I've been working with them. I they did the Coogee Rap uh, Thirty Eight Special and uh, A Z's um, uh, song for Coogee Rap's album. Vi- they did a video. I went and I worked with them on the production part with them. So I've been working with Real Wolf in the backgrounds and hooking him up as a production team. That's sick. And shout to Real cool. Wolf. Yeah, yeah, super super nice guy. Like super cool. I'm. Like I said, man, I was so excited because I, I had been wanting to see it, um, you, you know, and so much watching it. And then it finally was it finally came out. So it was so it was, you know, really exciting, man. Um, <laughs> what else has been going on, man? What do you Oh, shout out to Scam Dust. Today's his birthday. I know <laughs> Happy birthday to my brother from Queens, for Spaghetti Park, from Corona, Queens, Spaghetti Park, Dominican, Cuban. Uh, my brother, I created this animal, this animal is a monster. One and only Scam Dust. We love you, Scam Dust. Amazing. Yeah. Happy birthday, Scam Dust. Man. Your Cuban uh, brother. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> uh, yo, so E, the other thing we were going to talk about too um, was outside of Priceless, you've been super busy doing a bunch of other shit. Uh, want to plug plug some of the stuff you've been yeah, working I, on, I, man? I, 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 I want to say that, uh, I, that, uh, that I've been working with you know, all the guys. I, I was on tour. With uh, the Nomads, with uh, DRP, uh, Insane Poetry, and Chucky Chuck. So uh, they ha- actually have a single drop. They dropped. Uh, they dropped today's single, and they're, they're doing a. Uh, I forgot the name of the video, but they have a video coming out next next week also. But if you go on my Instagram and, and you go to my Twitter, you see once well, I'm checking out the Nomads, Insane Poetry, yep. Chucky Chuck, and the DRP. And fucking go buy the record at forcefirerecords.com. Uh, check out the videos, but the nomads. Yeah, the shows also, looked. The shows looked a lot of fun, man. It looked like you were having uh, a good time out there. I, I, you know what? I, 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 I went on tour with them, and I did one song a night with them. So, that's awesome. I, I, that's what I'm trying to say. I, I did one song a night. The hip hop dudes got way easier than hardcore guys. I'm telling you right now. So, <laughs> yo, no amazing, either, right? You Nothing. Just go up there, bang out, <laughs> sell merch, talk to people. And you know, get away for two weeks. I mean, it was amazing, and and you meet new people. Shout out to Cody Manson from uh, for the yeah, you know, all this guy. Shout out to Scum 
Shout out to all the guys at LSP Records. You mean so? That's it. But uh, I've been working with uh, E-Train Records. Dropped a, a, a EP. Tony Slippers dropped the EP uh, called The Button yeah, Man. Yeah, Tony was just on for anybody yeah, who missed. On, he was the on Rutgers last podcast. week's podcast. Yeah, he was on last week's episode. So if you missed that, definitely jump on, listen to that. What did you guys just release for him, E? Uh, he has a, a thing called the uh, B- the Button Man. The Button Man. Go right now. It's on all digital platforms. And uh, go check the video out on, on, on YouTube. I got also, uh, I want to say everyone, there's a group I, I'm, 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 uh, that are friends of mine, they live, is prolific. Uh, King Relic and Jason Logic, they got a, 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 two videos out called Get It Good and The Incision. So get this. Watch that around. Get It Good and The Incision. They live. They're out on Force 5 Records. Buy the records, the CD, and uh, check them out on YouTube, force5records.com. Um, that's it. That's all. I'm also dropping a, a single for each of records, a Danny Diablo single. With, oh, uh, no me, shit. Me, They Live, Billy Ballantyne from Ill Rock, and uh, the DRP. So check the, all those guys. Shout out to They Live again. Shout out to Billy Ballantyne. And shout out to They Live. Each so records in the building. We have a, we have a street date on that yet or not yet? Not, not yet. But also, I just did a, I just did a song the other night for Big Cash. Shout out to Big Cash who owns most yeah, of them. I saw that on your Instagram. Tell us a little bit about that. It's a, well, I did for a remix. I didn't want to tell anyone because I, I all my friends is going to try to uh, sabotage everything I got. So <laughs> it's a, it's a, the, the remix. So it's me and Big Cash. Shout out to Big Cash. Um, and uh, it's a re, remix and it's Ice Teen Slash are on it. Oh, that's sick, dude. Yeah, I like Ice T. Shout yeah. out to my man Ice T. Well, yo, Shout speaking of Ice T, dude, what just made it back on the fucking band camp like two two weeks ago that everyone Whoa. is so excited about? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Ice Pig dropped remastered. Yo, by Zeus, Zeus, Zeus fucking hard. Yo, you see something crazy? I haven't heard yet. You know what though? Ah, super, no. super on brand for you though, right? But I want to remind I haven't heard it, but Zeus did it so hard. Uh, J- Joshua hit me up, and we got that the vinyls coming out, guys. So all you people awesome. love that vinyls come out right now. Get the Ice Pick rem- digitally remastered out right now on Bandcamp, and well, you're gonna see the thing right here. Boom, boom, well, shit. Also, I'm DJing the Milwaukee Metal say, Fest, so, yeah, the pre-party. Yeah, Plug that quick too, because uh, I I saw that you you posted yeah. the flyer. So you're gonna be doing what? Do what's? Do you remember the date of that or no? Hold on, hold on, I got it right here. It's a. Uh, this is crazy, right? I'll do well, it. Well, for those who don't, for maybe for those who don't remember, you're well. Uh, let's just yeah, tell them. Tell them. Tell the Ice Pick uh, album was you and Jasta has features a shit ton of people. It's an amazing. It looks like it has a shit full of pizza, a shit full of. <laughs> Shit, for, shit ton of features. I can't like how many seashells. It have. does. It has a lot. No, of but only on one fucking song. Real, <laughs> recognize real. The other <laughs> shit, there's no. It, the whole album is just me and Jasper. It's only one song with twelve guys on it. It's like a hawk, it's like game, it's like a game banger of a hardcore girl in, in the hardcore scene. Ugly bitch, all ugly bitches, like twelve niggas on one ugly bitch. Um. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, just saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh my <laughs> you know, god! Slim pickies uh, out here, son. Uh, but you know that record. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry. Yo, that record has been out of print for a very long time. So I'm. Uh, 
from the listeners. I want to thank you and Jocelyn for getting that. Oh, so thank you. I, I, listen, all right, check this out. I'd be excited. I'll, I'll be so. I'll be the first one to buy a copy of the vinyl, man. That record. Yeah, we, we, listen, um, everyone right here. I want everyone, all my fans in here, please go to Jocelyn's a page on Facebook, go to J- Jamie Chasta's page all over the social media and say, yo, we want another ice pick record, right? Yeah. Oh, we want another ice pick record. So it's Thursday, May 25th at, what's the place called? Uh, the big place in fucking Milwaukee, you know? The, ra- uh, <laughs> the Rave. It's at the Rave. The rave. So, yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, and uh, the people, everyone's going to be there. It's going to be Phil, I mean, Paul Bolstaff from Slayer, um, my nigga Kirk from Crowbar. Yo, I can't wait to see you, Kirk. Uh, uh, do you <laughs> Yo, know from Fear Factory? Yeah. Yo, you're gonna have to remind him about no, Nostradamus. Yeah, uh, yeah, about the the story. <laughs> the story, Nostradamus. Uh, Phil, uh, Phil of uh, for violence. Uh, Tim Ripper Owens and my boy oh, Rob Jukes from Exodus. Yo, Rob, what's up, brother? Uh, those all those people, are cool guys. I can't wait to go to the pre-party. Milwaukee a Metal Fest pre-party Thursday, May 25th. Josta and friends. And uh, Jamie, thank you for for putting me on to it. I, I, I got to play some hard shit. Obituary. I'm going to yeah. play some Hellhammer. Play you know how to get down. You know, like, I'm going to play some, some Discharge for, for the old punk rockers. But all the metal stuff. I might For the metal guys, you know how I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Biohazard, some docking. Some- Yo, bring it, bring it back. You're going to, you always. You to Christ. Crump suckers, bring, hard. <laughs> you always know how to bring the variety, man, and it's it's yeah, gonna be a obituary. A good time, man, and and uh, and you're oh, also gonna be filming the documentary while you're out there too, right? I'm. D- or no? Which one? The aren't you doing the Milwaukee document, the Metal Fest documentary, and your own, or what? No, we're doing. I'm doing a. Um, I'm gonna be a guest on Jamie's uh, la- uh, uh podcast. Oh, okay. film. I, I thought. Okay, I thought you were doing something else. And I'm also doing, like, the, the guys from Real Wolf are also doing next year a documentary. If they finish the Coochie Rat documentary, they're going to do a three-part documentary with Don Caprio on me. I'm all over that. Yo, Danny Diablo. I want to talk, gonna... talk about moving when, when we had the office. We could go. We have chapters. Yeah, for Scar, Scarhead, for Gunners of Glory, the, 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 the Danny Diablo story. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, yo. Um, I just want to plug too that we uh just announced on Static Air our new signing, and there's a pre order up for that right now. Yo, what's up so with Tim VOD? Uh, what's up with Tim's? Oh, Tim, yo, that plug- just came out last week. I want to thank yeah, everybody. Tim, let's plug it, that. plug it right now, plug it right uh, now. Well, Tim, yeah, P- plug Tim's thing came out last last week. Rolling Coffin, thank you everybody who bought that. It's been streaming very well. This week, we just announced uh, Connecticut indie rock band. Yeah, I think you would love this shit. It's, it's right in your alley of, of that kind of stuff. Uh, Cinema Stare, the vinyl pre orders up right now. Good. It's out May nineteenth. Uh, and this, the Saturday, the Saturday you're doing something special for. Yeah, doing something yeah, special. This guy's not everyone about the Saturday record stores. Let's do it. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. This Saturday, if you're in the in the area, stop by the store. Record store day. That shit's gonna be lit. It's stressful, but it's gonna be fun. Um, and then uh, yeah, we have a, we have a bigger announcement too to announce later about the shop that I told you about earlier. That uh, oh, I'm that's excited the- for. They're they're gonna be doing some some of the stuff there, but we'll we'll talk about that after. I got uh, the also- e. Oh, I have something else to say. Yeah. No one knows. You hear that? All right. You heard it first. I guess like this thing right here. Oh, sick. We showed. 
Yep. We so we showed a copy of those. We got some show. Uh, we got those from Mark. They look great, dude. We sold a lot of them at our store. I'm not, this is guys, Mark for Generation did this in a out, you know, since it's record record store day, whatever on Saturday, right? So everyone yep. go to Danny Diablo merch.com and get the vinyl color vinyl. There's gold, there's purple, there's uh purple lavender and yellow swirls. But if this EP get it at Danny Diablo merch.com. Uh, go to Generation Records, get it, get a Cortex Records if in Europe, and go to Retribution One Seven Eight in Japan if you're in and Japan. We, have, we yeah. have copies. We have copies. And of Elma, if, you're, if you're in Connecticut, who has copies? Stop, I, we have copies on our store at Static Gear. You know, this, I got two. I got two TVs over here with your face on, so I'm talking to you over here and over here. So it's, <laughs> it's crazy. That's why I'm like this guy. So it's all everything. Also, I'm doing something. I want to tell you. That, that, that I, I said a Rutgers podcast, but I'm doing a thing called the called Supreme Force Syndicate. It's a, it's oh, a rap group this. all together with punk rock. And I got uh it's uh who's involved with it is Big Lito. <laughs> Big Lito. Oh, shout out Blizz, Lito. Blizz from Juice. Insane Poetry. Nice. Tony Slippers. King Relic. Me. And uh and that's the it's 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 like it's, it's, they leave anyone out. I hope <laughs> I didn't leave out. But, yeah, but but King King Relic Blitz from Juice, Insane Poetry, Tony Slippers, oh, and Chucky Chuck from DGAP. Sick. Chucky Chuck. I, all together, like seven of us. And it's it's going to be hardcore and hip-hop, like a Wu-Tang. And, you know, I love that. We, you know, listen, it, like me and King Relic are doing all the production. We're working with a whole bunch of people. Uh, I got mad, mad people send me dope beats, stresses, send a whole bunch of stuff. But it's a super group, and we're going to make the how Wu-Tang with the W, we're gonna have a crazy S dollar sign. It's, it's all crazy, but it's gonna it. be a big merch. My merch it's game. It's mostly it's mostly yeah. hip hop based, or no? Well, it's 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 like like it's like uh, if Scarhead was smart and had a regular a, a real producer, <laughs> <laughs> so one one producer did something. Like, we kept it on that one thing like I, that. You understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but it's 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 it, you know, it's gonna be very. It's like we're already doing the artwork and stuff like that. Uh, King Relic and I were like, "Yo, we got this. I got a studio in the house. And it's gonna, we're gonna like, we're gonna put it out, but we're, we're not just gonna do this straight up hip hop. It's gonna be like, like Onyx, MOP, Dope DOD, like early like yeah, hard shit, shit. Or yeah, hard, hard shit. shit with guitars and like, almost like uh, City Morgue, uh, Suicide Boys, but but we, you know, I, I'm not trying to diss anyone out there. But yo, shout to MOP, shout to Onyx, they, those guys really influenced me and." Little fans, my man. Um, I love those guys. I love I love City Morgue. You know, I love City Morgue. Suicide Boys too. I love that shit too. But it's we're gonna be a problem. We're gonna be a big, big yeah. problem because we okay. We have some dope MCs, and I know what to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the guy put shit together. I might do a hook here. And a, yeah, in the background. Yeah. I let the rappers rap and the breakers break. You mean? Know? And I'm gonna uh, yeah, people. I'm gonna be like, yeah. Sick. But I'm I'm the fucking brain of this. I'm the ah. The puppet I master. Love it. The pup, the puppet it's, master. It's, but we're doing we're doing hard stuff, but we're also gonna do stuff to be on the radio, and uh, it, it, it's it's something to get people like back into music and be like, yeah, oh, I like what you're hard. saying is more right? fo- like a more focused, yeah, project, more focused project, and more about you know, like I see these guys that people are like, oh, you're coming out to me, OG, OG. I'm like, what the fuck, keep saying, I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I ain't that old, right? you know what I'm saying? But I am. I'm rapping against dudes who are 25 years old, 18. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm yeah. I'll do my. Like I said, I know my lane, got my lane. I'm. The, I do the thug core stuff. I have my own style, 
and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what I do. You know what I mean? Like, you know, all these dudes can rap great. All these dudes have this, that, whatever. He could do this. So a lot of these dudes are assholes, you know? and no one wants to work with them. It's like it's like a guitar player. It's like when you go, I told you, like when I go to Sam Ash and I got to pick up <laughs> fucking guitar strings for Zach or Manny Pasta, and I'm like, hey, can I get this song? So I'm looking at the list. Oh, I can't go. And the guy's like, oh, well, I use these. And I, I, I mean, pick some guitars. Like, I'm like, shut the fuck up. I got to go to Japan tomorrow. Like, just give me what I yeah. need, bro. Just right? give me what I need. I got to go to Japan tomorrow. Why you sit here and you fucking <laughs> you play your fucking Ingrid Mouse thing? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> right? I'm out of here. <laughs> Yo, and it's like sometimes I laugh because it's like if those people only knew how much shit, like, dude. Yeah, like, they, they, yo, you know it's, what I mean? It's, it's, it's sad. You know what I mean? Like, like. But I'm I'm like oh, it's also sad when you meet these fucking girls like at the strip club and they're, they're jumping on you and they're rubbing a dick and the girl can sing and everything like yeah you can sing but you suck you ate cocks tonight what are you gonna do right. like, like, yeah I will help you but you gotta get the cock out of your mouth right? <laughs> like one of those, like that's kind of shit you're like oh like, what? yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you don't say oh, I'm there's, there's a lot of talent out there if it was all about having talent. That means every girl well, listen, in the man, church, both... listen, every girl in the church would be multi-millionaire singing, right? right? Beautiful voices. It's not about that. It's about being no, the right we place. Bo- we both know. We both know. You know what that is. Yeah, it's not even talent, man. It's, it's really sad. Talent. God, I make jokes, jokes to make you understand where I'm coming from. Right. You understand? Yeah. All right. I, I love strippers. And <laughs> well, <laughs> like saying. you said, man, you need, it needs more than talent, especially in these days with all the shit. You need a lot of money. You need a lot of fucking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like, you know, it's, it's like when you see a girl who's fucking like. Why is this bitch? She's whacking everything, but she's fucking hot, and she's like, damn, edit face, like she's an edit face type. Shit. Like, how did it happen? And you know how it happened. Some guys give me <laughs> fucking this bitch money, and you're like, yo, I wish they give me money like that. You mean the, then then that person cries they didn't make it, but you got fucking forty thousand dollars to fucking do. You know what I mean, like, shouldn't even be here. You mean this is this a weird weird world we live in? But you know what? If you make it, you're cool. I'm cool with you. That's what I'm saying. It's all like, good. I do hard music. You know what I mean? I don't care what color you are. Hard, yo, we, you do, we do hard hard music yeah. for real people. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, real, real music for real people. I listen. If that's why I look at these girls that can rap, and and I'm like, oh, that bitch is she can rap so dope. And I'm like, she's not gonna go nowhere. And they're like, why? She's dope, but she's fucking fat and ugly. That's why. And guys who look when they look at some fucking stupid bitch who looks like a doll with fake ass and fake titties. You know what I mean? So yep. yeah, that's that's TikTok the world. Filters. That's the world we live in. TikTok. Yep. Oh, they're like thirty. These kids, thirty seconds. You can't keep it. We if the war, if a war, if they came down right now to, to fight us in a war, any country they would destroy us because these kids are fucking retards. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm um. <laughs> Shout out to Ken one three five seven for my Murphy's Law shirt. He did this sick. Um, we have a good guest on tonight. I just sent him the oh, link. Oh shit! Uh, yes. We got well, a good guest. Talk about a friend of yours and mine. Uh, he'll be on in a second. Uh, I'm excited. He's a, a hardcore uh, historian, like I like like ourselves. Um, I, 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 he, I, I, I also really quick. I want to plug. Talk to you more. I want to remind everybody that on Saturday next week on the 29th. Oh yeah, a- April um, 29th Saturday. Talk. Yeah. So next week, April 29th. April 29th, Florence and Normandy. I want to. I want to see everybody over at Thompson Square Park. All right. I want to see you there. Everyone, go to the GoFundMe also. Yeah, we got a GoFundMe set up for Ray's Candy Store. But I want to. I want to get Ray. Everyone, shout out to Ray. Uh, We got Vespid. We got the Captures. We got Vulture Raid, and then we have Crown of Thorns featuring yours truly. Yes. 
Danny Me. Diablo. Yeah, how ex- how excited are you to play the park? Have you guys ever played the park before? No, yeah. Yo, what's up, Joe? How we doing? Great. Hold on, we're talking we're talking about me playing the park. You know how I you know how I got to play the park? I had to force wow. my, myself in there and be like, yo, you motherfuckers make me play the park. Like, every, you guys have the same, you motherfuckers got the same fucking people playing the park every fucking year. You never asked me. So I said, can Scarhead play? They were like, fuck no. And they said, we want Crown Thorns. I was like, yo, that's fucked up. And Scarhead would have been amazing. <laughs> but they know that we had a couple of stabbings or something. Scarhead played the park. So we just, Crown Thorns finally play everyone. I'm finally playing the park. Hey, man, I did it. I was going to say, yes, I'm excited to see you at the park. Murphy's Law, Ma- Ma- Murphy's, Murphy's Law, Mad Bull, and, and Crown Thorns on a, on a stage together in New York City, a free show. That is fucking amazing. Amazing. Outside amazing. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome our guest. I was just saying yes. before he joined on. Um, probably one of my first friends when we were playing out of state. So, this goes back a long, long time ago. Isaac, I know one of your oldest friends, too. Everybody, please welcome. <laughs> Joe Hardcore. Yay. Thank you for having me. This was this was a long time planned. So I'm excited. Uh and it worked out pretty good because you actually had just you just announced this is hardcore. So uh let's jump into it, man. I want to fucking hey dude, thank you so much for wait, wait, I'm gonna try I'm gonna try again in this one too. Hold on, Joe. What's up? This is hardcore, son. <laughs> yo, yo, we did the old school throwback. We did H2O tsunami scarhead last year. It was fucking yeah. awesome. Uh, this year you have. Oh, we have everybody. Yeah, integrity and who else? Well, who's on this? integrity? And the second guys, the bigger uh, one, the big one. Uh, oh, on Friday night. Or in general. I'll go, I'll run down it really quick, guys, for everybody. So, so the big, the main flyer that we saw listed. Now, I'm not going to list everybody else. It was, it was integrity, air crisis. That's hard as fuck. Yeah, Bain, well, we got Bane at the top, Gorilla Biscuits, who I just saw in Connecticut, and they played a fucking amazing show. Uh, integrity, Earth Crisis, Silent Majority. Prayer for cleansing. I mean, and then there's just a, a whole shit ton, but that's yeah, kind of the main. Then we, uh, after those bands, we alphabetized it because booking <laughs> agents, booking agents today, they'll email you and go, "I need you to make our font this much bigger." You have and to the other guys' font, font, right? Literally, it's it, the 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 new world is uh twenty. If you give people the option to have logos <laughs> on a flyer, you're actually just asking yourself to just want to not even put the show on. Right. So I, I'm being, and I'm being, I'm not even. Jo- I wish I was able to joke about this, but there is such ego in the emails with the with the way that these flyers get put out. So <laughs> Bane is headlining Sunday, but they're the prominent return band. So we put them up top because they haven't played in years, and they're my boys. Yeah. Then GB, if you don't give love to GB, and then Integrity, they're headlining Friday, so you got to put them. Yeah. And then Earth Crisis, Silent Majority, and. Prayer for Cleansing are the direct unders. If I had sent that out in an email, like, hey, is everyone okay with it? It would have taken me a week. <laughs> oh, yo, yo, they would right. be there'd be a, a, a middlemen talking to you all day. It's just, it's uh, it, for a hardcore scene, everyone everyone puts on the, the, the public face of like, dude, we're so excited to play. And in emails, they're like, why are we smaller on the lineup? Why are, why, why did they use the old logo? It's so crazy to do this. So no, we I, use I, I, one I, font. We use one font, and then after the main bands, even the even the main bands, we didn't use their logos, just so we'd have to have that logo argument. And then we alphabetize everybody. So it's super funny on these comments. People are like, "Why'd you put this band so low?" It's because like, it's the alphabet, bitch. Like, right. <laughs> so, so, have you ever listen? I want to tell you 
the, the hardcore community, I I could break it down right now. If you ever watched Chimp Empire on Netflix, what is it yeah. called? Chimp Empire. Chimp Empire. It's about oh, chimpanzees. Now listen, I'm not saying one more word about this. Go watch it, and you're gonna start crying laughing. But that's there's, there's three different divisions in there. It's, it's the hardcore scene, and, and you and I'm not gonna say nothing to all my fans out there. Watch Chimp Empire on Netflix, and you know, Joe, what, what I'm talking about. Oh, both of you guys, just, watch I just it. Wrote and, down in my notes, it's on. It's you're, you're like, both, oh, everyone here's gonna cry about this, but you heard it first from me. That's the hardcore scene <laughs> on around the, the East Coast, right there. <laughs> I love it. So. Yeah, so everybody, welcome, Joe. We were just jumping into the hardcore thing. So, um, Joe, let's talk a little bit about this hardcore before we get a little bit backwards. Um, dude, I got to ask you as just someone who, as an outsider, who does not book shows or fest or whatever, how much fucking prep do you, this goes like, well, you, you're you're planning next year right now, I'm guessing, right? Is yeah, that, is you, that always, you always have to because you have bands that couldn't make it. And so they'll say, hey this ain't going to work this year. So then you do the thing where you write their name down and you hope that next year their, their feelings are the same and they want to come back. And um, what the hardest thing about it was during the pandemic, we had a, like a cold start to get the fest back and going. And so usually we're rolling right from one fest into the next one. And I, I, I definitely would say that you're never, if you, if you do this the right way, there shouldn't be a day where you're not putting something into next year. Right. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Like I just, like I said, man, logistically, when I look at this, I'm just like, Oh my God, you know, I, I, I booked me an ease show a couple months ago and, and, and that was like five bands and I had a heart attack. I can't imagine three days um, spread across this. How, hey, so how it, important it, 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 is it to have like a, an import, a team uh, Joe? Cause obviously I know that you've been doing this for a really long time. Like how is it, how important is it for you to have people that you can depend on in the organizational aspect of it too? Not just, Obviously, I know you going in the booking, but do the day to day, making sure all this shit happens. How important is that in, in something like this? It's incalculable. If you don't have people behind you and people that are willing to contradict you and people are willing to take a separate view um, real quick. The way that I do this and have been working off it forever is an Excel sheet. And there's like an Excel sheet for the schedule, set times, payment schedule, the money. And I get hyper-focused through ADHD to the point where I'm just staring at shit. So I had to eventually start saying, hey, can you take a look at this? Can you double-check this? So this year, rolling in from last year, we brought Eric Walk, who plays in a bunch of bands, off the tracks, Ray Train. He's an he's actual accountant. So when I started doing the math, I'm like, can you give me a second look? You know, like, make sure my break-evens are right. Uh, Bob Wilson, who, you know, you know Bob. You just played FYA. You know, like, Bob. I... I, I I, I raised him up to be the amazing promoter that he is. And he's his own man. Now he has such great insight and opinions. And like, if I'm double, like there was a band, I won't leave the names who their agent hit me up and they said, Hey, we want, we want this much money. And I was like, God damn, that's a lot of money. When I hit Bob and Greg, I'm like, can you believe these motherfuckers are like, that's a steal. Get them, get them, get them. I'm like, yeah, I got a steal for once. No one's killing me. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it's super important to have people like Greg Falchetto, who was at the Mongoloids. He's in yep, Hold My sure, Own. Great. He's doing the two GB shows in New Jersey. Like, again, he grew up uh, being a roadie for Shadow Rome and, and, you know, doing shows in New Jersey. It's so important to have a second and third opinion and different eyes. And then because you get, I get, I get like locked into my own things. You know, you get, a, you have to fight off ego. You have to say what's better for the fest is not always going to be what's great for Joe hardcore. 
And if it was Joe Hardcore Fest, I mean, I've put the craziest stuff I could put together, but I also, (laughs) I still slide in the maximum penalties. I still slide in the New York Hardcore stuff that I grew up on and want to see. But this is a, this is a business, you know, it's a business, Joe, and you, and you gotta be smart about it. You, you've always been smart, but the best thing that I know about you, Joe, is the hardest thing that people don't have that you have is, is very important that you bring is crowd control. Have to, you have to be able to control, but it's, it's not like the old days where the scene physically did itself. That yeah. Especially at the level of this hardcore, there's people who come. I always say that this hardcore is like the high stage for the mo- the young moshers. And there's kids who their local show is a one foot little stage or no stage. So, yeah. you know, like they don't act a certain way. Now with the Sound and Fury videos from last year, the new thing is the kids don't stage dive. They stand in the front of the crowd and they punch the kids and uh, they run, they run on each at other. The church. Tsunami at the church. This kid got on stage, like the stage dive, we started punching the crowd, and I just, I just mopped them. Like, mop, you're gonna punch someone, I'm gonna punch you. Like, <laughs> you gotta get it too, you know. Like, uh, and it's in love. I'm not like beating on a kid, but like that's the way you gotta do it sometimes because the the side of the, the side of the coin the kid don't see is we have an EMT on site. Do you know how many kids will yeah. walk off this hardcore and crutches? People get hurt, and I like I had to tell John from Vane before he was even in Vane. He's a young kid, hard mosher. I'm yeah. like, dude, you're like at like college nca level moshing and these kids <laughs> never mosh like this like you're gonna kill somebody well he's like kicking kids in the back of the neck and i'm like Maybe jesus <laughs> christ i'm like wait till the last band this is the third band on the second night let's calm down a bit you know like but it's out of respect for not wanting people to not have fun but also wanting people to be able to turn you know um you know what get hurt. Teeth get kicked in right? well, you, well that's a, it's a big part of it also like we're very lucky that for all the like I, I don't like the liberties taken, but these kids take shit that we wouldn't take in 20 years ago. And you guys oh, wouldn't talk. have, yeah. you guys wouldn't <laughs> have taken in the late 80s and early 90s. Yeah. No one would be putting their hands on you the way these kids are doing it. And you have yeah. to culturally just say, this is how they play. As long as you don't see any retaliation, it's good. But yeah. I'm, at the end of the day, I'm responsible for booking the bands and making sure that all the pieces come together. But, you know, my time in hardcore, I do see things sometimes present before it happens because you you know yeah, you see the guy getting hothead the finger pointing and next thing you know like it like i grew up in these things so i can see yeah. it coming and from the stage manager i'm like all right this kid's gonna be an issue and and do we we so seldomly kick people out yeah. for the size and the chaos that comes and i'm actually proud of that and i, I appreciate you Eve, for saying crowd control because yeah. we spend a lot of money for the Eagles security to be on site, but it's yeah. still us that run the show and keep everything safe. But they, but they, 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 they're on point too. They're, they, they talk to you. They're, when you talk to them, they understand. You mean they, 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 they actually, they're not. You know, like the dudes in New York City back in the day, the, the bouncers, some of these clubs will just punch the kid right in the fucking face, or like guy in the band. He's like, I seen it happen. You know, so yeah, it's, it's it's well. You guys had you guys had to learn by tough love. These kids are a lot softer, and they come from different means. So you kind of have to. There's also the element of the internet where everybody's yeah. trying to make a highlight reel. Everybody wants to be able to be viral <laughs> the following weekend. Yeah. Like there's that kid from so, Texas. So that kid from Texas wears a FUBU jersey and he just does dickhead shit. Like <laughs> the kid who I kicked off the uh, kicked out at FYA. He's from Sweden. I smacked him in the face because I told him 
during saves today, I said, don't jump on Chris. Do not grab Chris is small. He doesn't want people. Yeah. These kids grab you by the back of the neck. And Chris is a small kid. He's my friend. <laughs> I'm like, dude, just don't grab him. And he starts grabbing him. And I literally drug him off stage and smacked him. I said, you got to stop doing this. I told you. I told him ahead of time, don't grab this guy. You're like six foot three. This guy's small. And then he gets on stage, tries to climb the PA. And I don't know if you saw it, J&E. But I saw, I I, saw it. Wait, wait. Yeah, you were there. You were there. I and I stood up and I pointed at him. Like, get the fuck down. <laughs> because they don't understand at the level they're jumping from, someone someone can actually get a neck broken. Oh, right. yeah, and then what are you going to do? Roger broke his back at Coney Island High at a show. And someone just like this, bent over, not waiting for it. Boom, someone turned his back and it broke, it broke his back. So I'm saying that That's it's crazy. easy, it, it, especially for older guys. It's it. You know, listen. It's for. Think about it. Like like you, you walk. You, like you're, you're older right now, and you sneeze. You're back to the gal. You know, some little yeah. guy, some fucking five hundred guy jumps on the back while he's singing. You know, fucking song. It's over. Yeah. Uh, so, you, so so true. Go ahead, Joe. I was gonna I was gonna reiterate like the the thing that people don't see is the end result. And I get it. Yeah. Dude, I've done really retarded, fun, crazy shit throughout all of my 20s and into my 30s. And now that I'm hitting my mid 40s, I'm like, hey, let's be the uh, like, you know, let's continue this. Let's keep it going. Let's make it fun for them. Right. But also, you see, I see the end result two steps before they see it. Like, you're going to jump. You're going to break your leg really bad. And you're from uh. fucking Sweden. What are you going to do? Get on a fucking plane with a leg broke? <laughs> You know, so it's like, hey, calm the fuck down. But I, I, I genuinely love the enthusiasm, and I love the kids that come from travel. From I mean, think about the idea of knowing people from Sweden because of some dumb shows we're into. It's a yeah, surreal idea. It is wild how create like that. Our music brings so many people, especially to like, like Joe. How what year? What year did this hardcore start? Two thousand six. So two thousand six. So it's like just crazy to think from then to now how many people have traveled across fucking not just state lines but different you know different countries to come to yeah. these lineups and stuff man it's like you know a lot of times our music gets uh our scene kind of gets slept on you know uh or kind of you know people take it for granted how you know it's how i'm trying to word it basically saying is that like it's way bigger than we get credit for a lot of times you know and how much stuff i'm sure when you guys do a fest like this what it brings not just to the venue but to all the area restaurants, the stores, um, the hotels, you know, like all the shit that, that you're doing um, that helps make this way bigger than just the fest, you know? Well, I'll tell you the weirdest story about the world traveling. The Thursday night where we did Youth of Today was the reunion show, the, like the real reunion show of like the, the Wally, Purcell, the whole gambit. Yeah. We're the It's right before Doors and someone's like, hey, there's a weird kid outside i'm like what's the matter and they're like he bought a ticket for sunday and i'm like so i walk out and it's a kid he's barely five foot and he's from china and he can't speak any english and he's just sitting there like hey and i thought about that move the, the bruce lee movie where you guys go to that kung fu island and fight the guy with the fists yeah I was thinking, like, that kid must have traveled on like one of them boats got on three planes to come to philadelphia no. And if he has a Sunday fucking ticket, he's going to see fucking you today Thursday. That's the way the fucking it's. You came yeah. that fucking far, and they're like, well, he doesn't have a ticket. I'm like, he came from fucking China. He can't right, speak he's, like, he's, he's getting this motherfucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. No, and, that, and that's super cool of you, man. Like, so, Joe, let me ask you, uh, what, what made you start uh, This Is Hardcore? Because 
when I was doing bands, it was Posse Numbers was kind of not, it wasn't super close to you guys, but that was kind of the fest in that area. Yeah. Um, that died off. What made you start this? Like, I mean, it's, it's a huge thing to take on. And then again, to have it be successful so many years, what made you initially start this? Was it, and you already been booking shows for as long as I known you. So, yeah. you know, why start a fest? Like what made you want to do that? A confluence of two separate things in 2004 Hellfest played in New Jersey. It was pretty wild when they survived. They were set to do it in Trenton, New Jersey, 2005. I remember it like a sportsplex or something, right? No, not even a sportsplex. It was like a small stadium for a triple A team. Oh, and so okay. they had that set up. Um, the set, the positive numbers had already happened and there was chaos with that. And Bob was saying like, I'm done after this year. And that was the one at the sports thing you're talking about. Right, okay. It was like with the turf, the turf field. Yeah. That was a, so 2005 was the last positive numbers and then Hellfest fell apart. And that's like, you know, they made the jokes. Like I still never yeah. got my, my refund. from the Hellfest. Box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like all that chaos that came from that. The fallout <laughs> was it, it, the show, the shows in Philadelphia that R5 Sean Agnew, who at the time was teaching me, I went from being like what E says, I would be crowd control for the R5 shows. Then I started working yeah. with R5. And then because I had been booking shows, Sean started putting me on. He's like, I don't even want to deal with some of this hardcore shit. He's like, I can show you <laughs> what I do and yeah. you can use the church. And so Sean put me on and started mentoring me and teaching me how to use Excel sheets. And like, this is how I do it. This is how, and like really kind of gave me like the 102, 103, like this is the better way to promote. He put you on. Like he put the, you on. And not only that is he's one of the coolest DIY promoters still to this day. I mean, it's his, the stories about him are legendary, but to be put on at the time, it was incredible. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the Philly hardcore shows were insane because we got the fallout, like the nuclear fallout. All the bands ran to Philadelphia. So Friday night was a show at the church and it was Turmoil Coalesce, All Else Failed. It was sold out. It was uh, almost 100 degrees inside. It was disgusting. That's a crazy lineup, yeah. That same night, Bounce of Souls and Lifetime, Headline Truck sold out completely. Rock. That Saturday was a 108 champion and a bunch of bands early at the church. And then the nighttime show was 108 lifetime that Saturday at the venue called the Starlight Ballroom. When I was standing out there, we were doing security. We did security at the church show. We did we went over the whole squad, went over the Starlight Ballroom. And I saw a massive line in 9th Street, which is like right on the outside of uh, Chinatown, close to the electric factory. Yeah. And I was sitting there going, who the fuck would come to August? August in Philadelphia is the shittiest weather. It's muggy because Sucks. of the small streets. The, yeah, the, 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 the blacktop radiates heat. The concrete radiates heat. The brick radiates heat. It's a sweltering mass. And I saw this line and I said, Sean, we should just do our own fucking fest next year. And he's like, uh, you want to do a hardcore fest? I'll help you. And then so we ran security 108 and Lifetime and it was the hottest, wildest show. It was fucking nuts. And it, even though they had played, that was part of like the big reunion for Hellfest was to do 108 yeah. in Lifetime. So it was insane. And then that was the, holy fuck, we have a venue big enough. We have people that will actually travel to Philly. Let's just fucking do it. And the the rest was the following year. I, I was on tour in Europe with, and I always have notepads. I, I do yeah. have digital notes, but I always write like handwrite shit. I'll just scribble names and write dumb tags and, it's just like my way my brain goes and I'll jot ideas down. And I was writing things out just like, you know, what bands could I know if I call, they're going to play. And it, it all came from writing down in the, in the notebook and then showing Sean and Sean being like, what do you want to call it? And I was like, 
I don't know. I'm thinking like, this is hardcore. And he starts laughing at me. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, that's a pulp record. I'm like, I don't know anything about that, man. Yeah. So like, it was kind of like we got sunned and clowned on a little bit on the internet because people are like, oh yeah, it's a pulp record. I don't know. I just thought it like, I, I'm not great with naming shit. So it, may, it, was like, yo, yo, it makes sense to me, you know? Yeah, like, yeah I know it does. Like- <laughs> so, and, and like, I'm lucky that all these years later, we still are the place that people want to come to for these kind of things. Yeah, no, man, that that's awesome. So this year, the, the it's happening on August fourth, fifth, and sixth. It's at Underground Arts in Franklin Music Hall. So how does that work, Joe? Is it like in two? Because I, dude, I, I hate to say it, man. I've 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 only made it out to one, and it was super early on. No, last um, last I am, year. I am planning. Crazy. I know, dude, it sucks. I'm I'm the worst. Uh, I am gonna try to make it out. Though. I I want to maybe do a, a table next year or a sponsor. I saw that you were looking for sponsors still. So. If people are looking for sponsors, definitely get in touch with Joe if you're still looking for stuff. Um, Joe, how does it work? So is it at two venues? Is that how Yeah, we, we started the two-venue situation. First, it was Starlight Ballroom. The capacity was only 1,200 persons. The first two to three years, we were doing pretty well, but we weren't packing it. And 2009, it's, this is really interesting, is back when MySpace was still the predominant social media, we made a <laughs> post post the festival. Hey, what changes should we make for the fest? And like four people were like, stop making it the weekend after college starts. I never been to college. Me I know <laughs> middle of August is hot time in concrete. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. And then so in my head, I'm going, I thought motherfuckers go back to school in September. So like, oh, I didn't yeah. know middle of August people go back to college. So by shifting the, the, by shifting the weekend one week earlier, we had our first weekends of sellouts. So 2009, we sold out at the door. 2010 and 11 we sold out way in advance and the lineups got better because we sold out those rooms and then um we got an invitation through friends to go and talk to brian dilworth who's now passed away he became like my sean and i were split parties sean agnew through r for five productions basically showed me and gave me the blueprints like here's how you do a hardcore show now here's how you run a hardcore fest here's how you do it and then when I said I want to go to the electric factory, she is part owner of the union transfer, which okay. comes into play with your question. So when we moved the festival to the electric factory, because we were selling out the tickets within 24 hours and then people were getting bummed and I got to be like, fuck you, fuck your fest. I can't believe I can't go. It's like, oh, fuck you, man. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what do you want me to do? You know? So we go to the next, we go to, we, we bring it to the next venue. And we decided to add a Thursday and that's where we put it union transfer because Sean is part owner. He got us in that room. Actually, he did his crown of thorns reunion 2012. He came off a fucking flight in Europe and he had justice from trapped in the race. And he drove with them from New York <laughs> to the Philly show. He brought justice from trapped in the race for the first time. I, I mean, we know the kid, but we're, you know, he's a good kid. He's a good shout to justice, bro. He's a good guy. Was that yeah. when he was doing the band with Dijon? Is that what it was? No, no he, he was, was he did the Eberfest. And they oh, did okay. Eberfest. Oh. We did Eberfest. You know, I got one thing to say about Joe. Listen, Joe always pays, and he pays more than he should. <laughs> you have you have two things to look at life. If you pay people fairly, they can say whatever they want about you, but they can never say it being ripped off. Yes. I have a slew I of that. I have a I have a slew of friends <laughs> who are band members. Danny from Biohazard's one of the coolest dudes in the world. Great I guy. asked the Biohazard booking agent for years and the numbers were so high 
and as a promoter, you have two options. You go to your friend, you go, Hey, what can we do on the side? And then the band guy's like, fuck, I want to get paid. I don't want to fucking do the side thing, but yeah. they don't want to lose the friendship. In lieu of doing that, if your booking agent wants more money than I could pay, I just don't book you. So one day I got a call, an email from Danny. Hey, dude, like, like, is there a problem with us? You, we know we've never played. So I sent him years of all the booking agent basically asking for crazy money. And he's like, dude, you could just go to me. That's the fucked up part. Sometimes you don't get the band if you yeah. want to pay and play the game. And yeah. there's people like Isaac who, you know, when I got locked up, <laughs> you know, my mom called everybody in hardcore and he right away said, yeah, I'll do a benefit show for you. I, I love this story. <laughs> e, can, e, can we tell this story really quick for those? Yeah, who no, no, listen, 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 I want to tell you something about, about, about Joe Hardcore. Like in our worlds, we, at one point, our worlds were with two different teams. It was this in real life right now. I'm talking about. I was always, always been cool with Joe, no matter what. And we, we, as friends, as two dudes from from Queens and from Philly, which has a lot of similarities. You know what I mean, like, and I when when you bump into someone, you know that person is the same cut for the same cloth, or you or, or he isn't. And we knew that we we connected. And it, it's been love ever since we met each other. Like we boys, and always when we do business, we make jokes and shit and all like that. Like, oh, like the whole time. we know about all, and it's fucked up jokes. But the reality, we start laughing. What are we gonna do? Like, but Joe has always been on point with everything when it comes to. Oh yeah, no, I mean, and I, 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 I said that at the top of the, at the top of the show. I mean, dude, a, a one of the first people I met outside of uh, when Voice of Reason played, it was in Long Island. Yep. I met Joe. Um, you're talking probably 96, 97. And every time I have uh, seen Joe out of state, man, I, you know, Joe, I go, I go out of my way to say what's up to him because I get so, so excited. Um, one of my oldest friends. And like I said, just a dude who I admire who's doing a lot of, a lot of cool shit. And like I said, dude, doing these, these fucking fasts and doing this stuff for people um, who a lot of times, dude, are super ungrateful for the most part. Oh my God. About, yeah, <laughs> about I, I, I dealt with Joe sometimes and, and I'll be, you know, everyone knows that I wrote the fucking, my retards, some of my friends are just saying you're wrong, but they are, you know, aren't the smartest people in the world sometimes, my friends. So, and they're, they're like with me and they're trying to, you know, every time I'm go somewhere, my, my, my friends are, they think they're in the band too. Or they think, so they're trying to get on the show. I'm like, yo, yo, you know, it's like, oh, what, are, what are you doing? You know, yeah, your, your bottle of Grey Goose becomes like, like, every, every time my yeah. food, they would never do that to man, but they do it to me. Mad Boy would cane them. They'd be caned. Yeah. You know, all the, all the, like in Thailand, with Ryan Graffiti, they'd be all caned. Um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, whatever, guys. You know, whatever, that fun. You know? Yo, can, yeah, we, can we tell that? Can we tell that story, Joe, about about your mom calling E? Because I love that story. And I've heard it on your podcast, but we've never told it on this on this podcast. Oh, God. Does E want to say it? I I I got I got grabbed up, and I was up in county. And I was waiting for the phone call for days. I finally get to get on the call. And my mom, I'm like, yo, what's good? I'm hoping she's getting loose. Lou Savino's our guy. Five, six, eight, thirteen hundred. Lou beats death row cases. Lou beats it anything. That motherfucker is the killer. Lou Savino still got it. Uh, so I'm hoping Stinky Lou's going to take the case. And I was like, as long as Lou's got us, we're going to beat this case. And the first thing he says don't worry, Isaac's gonna do a bet, and I'm on the gimmick. Like, you're like, when people understand when you're locked up in county, any county, it's horrible. 
No matter what, because Rikers Island, and, and, and the tombs, no matter, you're know, like, there are people, you're going to bump into people that, especially at the, the age when you're young, shit is crazy. And you're in the, you're in the, you're affiliate Queens. I'm going to bump up into people I have beef with all the time. So whenever I get locked, when I used to get locked up, I'll be, ah, fuck, here it goes. I'll be here for here two we weeks. Go. <laughs> two weeks, I'm, I'm in here. It's, it's, it's on now. But, no, like, like his, I didn't even know Joe's mother clocked at the number. I tell him that, that, that it was just insane. But I was like, yeah, I got this. I, I, I'll do it. I mean, yeah, she just went down the. I, I have, I have an affinity for writing shit down because, especially this is pre digital, and I didn't have a cell phone until 2007. So yeah. all my tour contacts, all my booking contacts were alphabetized in a book, so I can make phone calls. This is even back in the early, like the late 90s, the dialer things. Like we picked yeah. that up, and that's how yeah. I booked tours. That's how we would go and do things. So it was just the proxy of just carrying that habit on. Just say, here's the contact here. When I toured, that book came with me because, you know, what if you got a flat tire somewhere? You're going to say, right, hey, you, you know call. somebody? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, by proxy of that, she called E, and then my mom's like, yo, I got E's. I have to do the benefit show. And I'm like, yo, that's great, but what the fuck? What's up with Lou? Do we got Lou? Like, oh, yeah, we got Lou. And I'm like, I got Lou. <laughs> that's great, man. And then, so what was the lineup for that show, Joe? The very oh first God. year, and this is uh, back to what he's talking about, like good friends and people. Um, without Scott Vogel co-signing. Yeah, shout out Vogel, man. Wait a second. Vogel, Scott I Vogel, Vogel, I love you. <laughs> I, I, I went to Vogel and I said, hey, man, we're trying to do this fast. You know, Posse number is not, you know, like Posse number is not going to be a thing. Help, we're trying to do something. And he's like, yeah, as long as we're not in Europe, we'll do it. And so we had already not gotten the Gorilla Biscuits return tour in 2006. They already had their thing settled. So we got kind of lucky that we were the weekend before it. I'm like, oh, it's this weekend. And Scott's like, great. We're not in Europe. We'll fly to Boston and we'll do a Philly show. We'll just do two shows. Easy. Having the weight of telling people I got terror in 2006 was all it Huge, took. Yeah. And then what we did was we just popped on a, we did a Friday. We, you know, even from the first, from the first year we did, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and blacklisted at the time. You know, obviously, they grew up with us. They're the local dudes. Early on, they're like, "We're fucking I put, done." I put out that record on Stillborn. Remember? You did. Oh yeah, my god! <laughs> oh my god! They, they were big at one point. They were big bands, dude. So before they were on Death Wish, we got them. I got because uh, through Joe and, and Bob. Like that's how I heard. I, I knew about all those bands. I was yeah, so excited uh, to have yeah. them on board. So they, so they said we're gonna break up, and then like I remember. Then they're like, nah, son, we're not breaking up. But they ended up being the Sunday headliner. And just having the kind of people behind us to have that weekend. Now, granted, the room was packed, but it wasn't sold out packed. And yeah. just having that one day behind, one time behind us was able to roll into the next year. And and, and that speaks volumes. I know you said um, about ungratefulness. The thing about this thing, and this is going to sound either like I'm a fucking psychopath or that I'm just <laughs> a naive, but... Everything that I have, this behind me, my house, yeah. is because of hardcore. Not because I don't go to work and I get paid from hardcore records. Yeah. The guy who I met in 1997 would later call me in 2007 and say, hey, why don't you come and join this company and go union because you've been working? You know, like yeah. every every major connection in my life, the nexus centering point is a hardcore person. And, yeah, I, you know, I not understand. just Definitely. not just me being straight edge since I was 19, not just me being from a poor neighborhood in Philadelphia, but traveling the world. Every good thing that has happened to me, the burgeoning initial point is hardcore punk. 
So if I got to do a weekend a year where we bring out some of the coolest bands, we show new kids these old bands and put these new bands on before they're the big bands. And then we, I I love to give back to the scene. I, I mean, it's a great thing when the show sells out and you've got extra money, but you know, the, the bigger thing is that for 17 years in Philadelphia, you know, we're not New York hardcore. You know, you can, I, I love that he knows who the pagan babies are. I know, you know, a Paul Bearer loves why die. There's not yo, that great, many. Yo, great graph graffiti, bro. We, like yeah. we have this whole thing, Philly and New York, you know, the graffiti is like, it's, it's weird because you know, we have the same rivalry with Boston, but uh, the closest thing to New York City is Philly. I, I exactly. always, 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 always say that. And uh, and the closest thing, it's, it's crazy. Chicago is another city too, but I'm saying, but those three cities are the cities that, that really are, like, are similar, like Brooklyn-ish. It was weird. So, yeah, so what, what, what we didn't have was the bands, and we didn't have the CBGBs in the 1980s. Yeah. You know, we got lucky that Nancy Burrell did some shows with Minor Threat and all that stuff, but the early first 20 years of hardcore and that's all new york but i'm gonna tell you the last 20 years has been philadelphia as yes, far as some of the biggest you, shows this we may not have all the biggest bands but we have a continuance of the first it's a hub for hardcore, bro. we have all these shows so we're able to now give back to all that stuff it's why a huge part of not just the stuff that i do with the fest but the podcast and making sure like when i did the alone in the crowd benefit I yeah. called up Maximum Penalty because I know that Maximum Penalty has a relationship with Alone in the Crowd and a relationship with Pagan Babies. You know, like it's good for the young kids now and every kid coming forward to see the continuity and the actual, instead of it being like these bands are in their own world. No, it's all connected. And so I, I look at this hardcore as something that I love to do. I'm also, I'm fucking out of my goddamn mind. What am I going to do? <laughs> like, what would I do if I didn't have uh, something to focus on, something to look forward to, something to push myself? And these, no, these dude, look- I, listen, I'm the same way, man. I mean, that, I opened a record store in the middle of the pandemic. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm the same way. It's just I gotta, I gotta have an outlet. I gotta, I gotta do my thing. You know, um, it, it's music, bro. It's, 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 it's and music. It's, yeah, it's and, and, and 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 for people who don't know, Joe, uh, like you book throw shows throughout the year, everywhere, all kinds of shows, Absolutely. very small been- shows. I've been booking shows for, shows. this will be my 26th year of booking shows. That's insane, man. That's yeah, what I do. Look. Actually, my first flyer is here. <laughs> I put up on the wall. <laughs> what, what, was what show was that? What show? Uh, what all was bands that nobody's ever heard of for good reason, <laughs> but it was a good local show. And uh, another, another interesting side note is, and this is the narrator coming on. Um, I want to say it was... The night, let me double check this, make sure I'm right. Yeah. Within a week of this show, Isaac punched one of my friends at an H2O show at the church. Oh, man. <laughs> That's how far back it was. We're past that. Philly loves you, E. You are, you are you're an honorary <laughs> Philadelphia. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I want to tell you yeah. some crazy shit. Listen, another thing that, that but, but both of you guys, like, there's not that many cool people, like, Cool people, but 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 uh, people that are honest. No matter what, you, the, both Jay, both you guys. If I ask you a question, you're honestly gonna tell me how you really feel and if it's gonna work. You won't sugarcoat it. Joe, you know that. A lot of these yeah. people, a lot of people think they're still what they're doing, and the world keeps evolving. Bands, they like like 
for me, had my own label and doing all different shows. You know, Joe. I mean, also, you do your own fest too, because you do your Diablo. Yeah, but but, 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 too, but listen, I, what I, I gotta do is go fucking get a partner up with someone like Joe to make fucking shit come <laughs> fucking to do it really. Because I, I I can get all these fucking acts, but I'm just saying Joe also has a another. It's like people t- has another part of his mind that he's a he's a graffiti kid. He's a street kid, so. My my thing before hardcore before that is graffiti and street life. You know what I mean? Then I got into the the hardcore music, but hardcore is my scene. You know what I mean? No matter all the rap and shit like that, hardcore is my my. I when people say I'm a hardcore kid, you can say punk rock. People say punk rock. I, I like your punk. You give props to punk rock. Loves exploited GBH Ramones, fucking you know whatever. But yo, know, I'm a hardcore kid. Yo, know, we used to yeah. beat up the punk rockers. You know what I mean? So I'm just people get mad at me for saying that. I say the best best thing I ever had in punk rock was a guitar player from Sam Ash came out and they used they, they, he could play guitar, have a, a pedal, and produce better. Became hardcore. But I'm just saying that in my world, as old like I'm, I'm trying as old as I am. Now how old I am? I had to dye my fucking eyebrows and my fucking beard today for this fucking thing. That's how old I am. So I'm just trying to tell you right now, to for for dudes at our age, I know what's going on. It's a young man's sport. You know what I mean? And and um, then I look at dudes who reinvent reinvent themselves in there like Everlast and stuff like that. And I'm like, it's all about how you treat people. And doing good music, and also just like open your heart. You, you can't re- regress. You mean you can't, but you gotta progress. I mean, it's like it's, you gotta be like go change with the times. You can't. There's certain things we can't say. And now having a podcast, I understand. You know, I might make jokes here and there, but you can't tell your political views and all that. You lose everything, bro. So no, because you know, sometimes I, I say I think this way to keep my mouth shut. All you have to do is treat people. Like how you want to be treated. That's how I well, say. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's that's you gotta be cool to me. Can't be a dick. Can't be. No, and, and I, I always, I always, I'm always honest with everybody because that's how I want them to be with right. me, right? And, and it's like, I always hope that when I'm talking to people that they're giving me the feedback. You know, like I said, dude, I'm I'm always available. I'm always here to help my friends. I want all of us to succeed, man. I think that there is enough. And that's that's, that's the problem with some things. Like like we have friends. That, yeah, uh, sometimes some of our friends we don't get like like think that when we if I, we blow up or something if I blow up I'm gonna leave them and I'm right. like I brought my friends I, listen if, if I would have not take my friends on tour not take the bands that didn't bring you people not to take your the rappers that didn't sell records my my roadies I would have a a million dollar house right now somewhere yeah. I mean, but then again. If I didn't do cocaine, I would have a million dollars for also. You understand? So I lived I lived life, you know what I mean? And um, like it, listen, you learn from your mistakes and you understand when you get older, it, my my goal is is just to make money to, to live, sit back, enjoy life, and I want to die. With my grandkids next to me, you know, say like, oh my great grandkids yeah, playing around, and like they, I tell them, hey, lower the music or something, you know, something like that. <laughs> but I want to die um, in my sleep. I want to get killed at, at a fucking uh, an Nazi front show or something like that. You know, <laughs> that's all. Damn. Um, I want to before we start winding down, uh, Joe, I wanted to ask uh, Joe a question. Was, um, you know, Joe, a lot of times younger bands and kids always are asking, they're like, yo, how do I get on? whatever this person's, you know, radar, this person's radar, whatever, like, you know, for somebody like you, and you mentioned FYA, like for our younger listeners, dude, if somebody wants to get on Joe Hardcore's radar for an opening show or whatever, like, well, like, what are you looking for in a band? You know, like say an out of state band, obviously I know in 
in town what you need. But say an out-of-state band, what's that? What are you looking for in that? Is it because I know that you're not a dude who's looking at like all oh, social numbers or this or that. Like, what are you looking for, man? Because you you've always been so good about putting on bands, dude, like and helping people. Um, you know, I just know that just from how many friends of ours you've helped. So if you could just like, what do you, what do you look for? And what's, what's, what's something of, uh, how could a band approach you to get on your radar? The hardest thing about it being a new band who wants to play out of state now is, and again, it goes back to an earlier comment where I said that the current state of affairs is that the bands allow their booking agents too much control. I used to be able to go ahead and I would book a band, let's say a mad ball. And I would give Madball's booking agent, here's your offer, here's your guarantee, we're going to make this happen. And then they left me the fuck alone, and I got to put a bill on without the influence and input or direct, here are the bands that we think you should have as your openers. And so, you know, booking my first show in 1997, not having the ability to do the touring stuff right away, you had to learn how to mix things up. And like you said, like early on, I got, I was traveling and I got to like link up with uh, Anthony Ray. So we got to know who overthrow was. So these people like overthrow are coming from long islands in the middle of the fucking hood to play a show with 25 to life with a bunch of bands that are from like either the Pinelands in New Jersey. Um, I, we did buried alive in the middle of the hood in 1998 off a demo because I was writing Scott about despair. They broke up. And I did Buried Alive when I was 18 years old. By by figuring out you have to have a good local, not at the beginning of the show, but sometimes second or third up in the bill so people stay and come was always good. But a lot of the, the thing now, and it's not social media numbers. People who are looking at social media numbers are fucking goofballs. And a lot of the <laughs> bands that have high numbers pay for them early. The thing totally. you have to do is, is yeah, totally. if you're a band that aesthetically fits a show or you can bring something to the table in a sense of like, oh – I'm going to put this band on here and it's, and it's going to be cool. I did that for this band from Long Island called incendiary in 2008, nine and then 10. And now they're on top of the fucking world. And I always felt bad. Cause they're like, yo, we want to check. Like they, they, he, um, Brennan had other bands. He sent me this new band. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. They played shows. They didn't do the, the, the big, Oh my God, people are crazy, but they kept coming back. And I think a big thing is, is that, a young band has to be able to play a show and not have everyone come suck their dick, which in the modern era of social media and videos, the thing is, is nobody wants to walk away not feeling like they hit a home run. And I got into touring and leaving Philadelphia as this place fucking sucks. I have my whole life to work. I want to go play some shit. I got lucky that when I was 19, dysphoria took me on a full us tour and then exposed me to so much stuff. So I was able to do these tours and able to. That's open how I first. met. That's how I met you. Was I think Voice yeah. Reason played with Dysphoria, maybe right? Was yeah, because I was a roadie. Yeah. I was a Dysphoria. Yeah. I was a Dysphoria roadie, and you know, like the first, I was 18 years old and went to Detroit. Yeah, and those guys got, were great. Yeah, I almost got killed because I wanted to buy 12 hoodies, and they're like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "It's for my <laughs> friends. Like, we don't. You've never played Philadelphia, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> and then Jeff was like, "No, it's cool. He's young. He's allowed to buy 12 hoodies for us, you know? Like, <laughs> that's but that's the shit that we used to do, and that kind of exposed me." But you have to just get up like like I don't care if you just close your fucking eyes or whatever you need to do. Get out there and play the fucking show. And then if yeah. if, if I say to you, hey, we, we don't have something, it's not because I don't like your band. It's because I legitimately don't have back it, in yeah. the day I could book one band and put four separate bands on there. Now I like there's shows where it's, hey, here are the three bands and we are going to allow you to put an opener. 
but we want you to email us 10 openers and then we'll decide which one gets it. That's the control crazy. is no longer in my hands as much as it used to be. Now, yeah. that is when I'm dealing with booking agents. When we do our own shows, sometimes in the homebrew show, you can add more bands and you can take the chance. And I think that bands have to just take the chance of playing a small room and get their name out. And it is what it is. Like if you're, if your first thought is I want to drive four hours and if I pay a hundred dollars in gas, I need that back and no one knows you, it's going to be harder for you. than if you throw your ass into the wind, get in the car and make it happen, it'll be easier. Oh, um, dude, I can't tell you how many shows we played for free. Just like you said, just to get out there and play, we'd be like, yo, I don't give a fuck. Can we just, oh, you know, cause it was just, it's different now, you know, obviously I know that, but um, yeah, to your point, Joe, it just, you know, I guess, yeah, if they have something to offer and feel like they're not uh, going to come off as entitled or, or like you said, like, hey, we're driving five hours. You got to give us this and we want to play third on a Gorilla Biscuit show, you know, or something. Then it's like, you know, it's 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 a lot harder in the social media world, too, in the sense that everybody wants the cool presentation. The bands are really, really critical of a lot of stuff that normally people would be less like a give a fuck about. And. I find it not harder to do, but you have to, I have to like balance it. So the good thing is, is, you know, we don't have nine band bills with Gorilla Biscuits opening, you know, like that kind of deal. That's a good thing for Gorilla Biscuits, but you know, you got to balance it. The newer bands also have to remember that social media isn't the end all be all. If you're not out there playing, you might play that five or 10 people. And I mean, you, you are all in this category of playing a show and meeting someone who later they become a lifelong friend a better connection, somebody that you're involved in. Yeah. And, and that's the other half of this. There's a disconnect where the band people in hardcore sometimes want to play in a hardcore band, but they themselves aren't a hardcore person. So their mentality is this is my stepping stone. This is my, I'm going to do here, but I'm going to eventually get to here. And it's like, Hey man, yo, like you eat. Yeah. Like you said, like bust your ass, make it fucking happen. I'm all there for you, but I'm not going to let you, use my show as your stepping stone yeah. and there's bands that are from our scene that yeah, we yeah, also need, need to support. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's, uh, that, that, that's, that's part of the game, bro. You know, I'm going to tell you something funny that touched the, I want to touch on that. He said, he said that we're from the, the same kind of neighborhood. I was allowed to go to metal shows to get out of the neighborhood. My mom wrote um, graffiti in the seventies. We lived in a bad neighborhood during the Philly crack epidemic. So I was able to go to metal shows. My first hardcore show and I was a kid, like I'm telling you, a kid. Right now, I'm 42 turning t- uh, 43. I was 12 turning 13, and I saw Biohazard, Sick of It All, and Sheer Terror. That was my first real hardcore, like all hardcore bill. I had okay. long hair. I had long hair. We came with like six or seven of our friends on the train, and we see Isaac and a bunch of his shirtless, tattooed friends <laughs> on stage, threatening the bouncers, and like <laughs> fuck this, and we'll fuck everybody up. And I was like, this is. Like I went to metal shows. I went to death metal shows where people were sick. <laughs> like, this, this, I went to rock and roll concerts like Kiss. <laughs> I'm at the TLA. It's a crazy hardcore show. Sheer Terror killed it. Biohazard was killing it. Sick of it all was so fucking sick. And it's a bunch of dudes that look like they sit on my corner and talk shit and write graffiti on stage. Like, fuck you. What are you going to do? And I'm like, this is everything. I ever. Like, this is, that was my connection. Like I was like, if there was like the moment, like the crack in the wall from like heavy metal to hardcore. Yeah. That's how that's being happening. at that show. And cause I, you know, like I'm a long hair, you know, long hair. Yeah. Don't see it. There's almost like long hair vision. And then when you find hardcore, you're, it changes, but that's the amazing. long hair vision I mean, broke. Seeing all you dudes on stage threatening the security, I'm like, 
This is everything I've ever wanted. And that was the changing point. And 30 yeah, years later, I still do this. I still, you know, me and you are still fucking awesome friends. I don't see Jay as much as I see you for obvious reasons, but <laughs> to be honest with you, it is the, it is the confluence of having the background in Philadelphia, understanding the street stuff yeah. and putting it into the hardcore things. You can, you know, Biohazard had a couple videos on uh, Headbangers Ball at the time, but it really wasn't the same thing as seeing it live and seeing like, oh, there's some real ass, like real hard, crazy dudes. Now I have two questions for you guys before we leave. Is that possible? Oh, oh, oh. yeah. Let's go. Oh, let's go. So earlier on, I recorded a 20 minute segment because I'm trying to get more people to check out the podcast. Not so much. It's not we're, a monetized thing. We're, we're in the same boat. So. <laughs> I have two thoughts. The first one is, and I made the point, so I'd like you to either tell me I'm fucking wrong or tell me I'm right. <laughs> if you asked me to put this up, I'd say Jamie Josta got the furthest a hardcore person has gotten by becoming that person from Ricky, like becoming Ricky Rackman's dude, like he was a replacement, and yes. him having that weekly show is the closest hardcore has ever come in my terms of like really having mainstream because it was Josta who, I, I, I get, as much as he's a pain in the ass and won't come on my show. I herald he won't, all the things. But I herald everything he did to become the person that he is now. I think he is the furthest along. And e, I even use the example and this goes into the second thing. Yes. The kids today right now are like Coachella knock loose and scout play. That's it. Hardcore is going to get huge. And, I, and my argument is, well, Murphy's law, Tour with the Beastie Boys when the Beastie Boys. I got something. To so I'd like to hear your guys' points on both the Jossa thing and if you think hardcore is going to blow up because now uh, that bitch is wearing. I know you love. I know you love that girl, and I saw your post about the agnostic front shirt. I know you. I know your point of that. my boy. That's my boy. Listen, I know. I know. I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. I'm a real. I'm a real nigga. I, I, you're my boy. You're my boy. A, I know. I'm busting balls. I'm gonna tell you something right now. I love to hear your opinion. Yeah, my opinion right now. Here goes. This is gonna blow your mind. You, you can make it. Jamie Johnson will make it. I'm gonna tell you, you can make it. Jay, you will make it. You know why? New York hardcore is cursed. So listen, if you do anything with New York hardcore, listen, stop right now. If you do anything with New York hardcore, it goes like this. And all of a sudden. Wait, you're about to make it, and you're about to grab the Grammy, you know what I'm saying? And your car go hit, hits you, and your mate, mate, it hits, boom, blows up. I'll tell you. And you're like, what are you talking about? He's like, this is it. New York hardcore, who made, who my bands made? Quicksand, Offspring, we're going to make it, we're going to make it. Boom, blows up, they break up. Oh, uh, they talk to Offspring, they go to uh, Prong. Prong opens up for Black Sabbath at Man Square Garden. Yeah, I love Prong. We're going to make it. No one gives a fuck. They're like open for, they're at 6 o'clock. They open up no gas. Except for Mike DeJohn. But yeah, Prong. They, open, they opened up for Pantera for a whole year. Yeah, I'm saying, but no one. Yeah, they make it. Boom. Biohazard. You blow up. Yeah, blows up. Boom. Listen. This is the best. Jamie Joster. Making it. Ice pick. Isaac. Cut that nigga loose. I got to make it. He knows the hawkers. He threw me like, he was like, cut that nigga loose. And he made it. <laughs> no, no. I, I jumped off with my fucking, uh, my, 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 what's it called? A parachute. I was like, ah, hit the floor. I was like, fuck. I said, fuck is he a hawker? I, even when I saw through my, I saw Danny Diablo, Travis Barker. Yeah. Ransom. Get the fuck out of here. Kill that nigga. <laughs> like, no, no. Parachute again. Boom. 
So now I'm, now I'm doing shorts with juggalos and fucking shows and shit. But I'm just saying this. I moved to Milwaukee, nigga. I got to make it somehow. Yo, the curse is real. It's like fucking the Brady Bunch with the fucking to go Hawaii and shit. That's the New York hardcore curse. Cut, cut, all, t- cut all ties with New York hardcore. You will make it. The totem. Um, I, I'll speak real quick on that. I lived through that era. Uh, Cut all ties in New York hardcore. And I, I will say that, like, I think it's just, dude, it's every ent- everybody's entry point, you know? So for us, yeah. I, I, I genuinely, not just because I love Haybreed and stuff, but I, to me, Haybreed and Joss are, like, the biggest in the hardcore world. And the they, they made it. No, Haybreed last it, year yeah. was amazing at This Is Hardcore. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, dude, Joe and, and E, you guys know have known Josta for a long time too. Like, I love you, Jamie. Fucking, he's a fucking genius. You know what I mean? You can no, and he has to do. He has to do what he has to do. Remember, he's my manager. Yeah, I mean, the the I, dude's a fucking I, genius. There, there's a reason that that band is. They never strayed. Like he doesn't do any different singing or nothing. You know what I mean? Like there's a reason that he's done he's, that. And I, 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 you know, I've spoken about uh, my love and admiration for Josta. For years and how much I've learned from him, and 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 he has he will tell you too, man. Like the dude's just a fucking genius. You cannot fucking yeah, listen. He's like he's like like he's like you, Joe. Both of you guys, listen. Josta is a man. He has a vision. He you know just like you. You do everything yourself. Josh used to write all the songs, but get the merch. He, I'll be out of, when I was when I was with him. Motherfucker used to make me. We take a plane somewhere. And he used to make me put like twenty t- hate research on because he wanted to pay the fucking thing. You know walking straight onto a plane with twenty hate research on. This what I'm talking about. So, so like Jasta was all about business. I couldn't understand. I'm like, why are you doing? Then one day we're in ice pick, and I, and we, I get into a fight by CBGs. I'm fucking people up, and I'm like, hey, no, Jasta, Jerry. Like he goes, Daddy, can't. Yeah, I'm on MTV. You know what I mean? Like, that hit me. I'm like, yo, I'm a liability for this guy. So I can't get mad. When he when he got sober, he was like, peace, nigga. We were just like, no, and, and, like, and, and, talk about it. He was like, I just yeah. my life. I worked my it, whole fucking life with this. And I should have been on the same wavelength, but I wasn't because I like I just wasn't ready, ready yet for that. And now well, I understand. And and going back to what Joe Joe what you said in the beginning, right? It's like everything you have built, even outside of just you know your work, obviously and stuff is from hardcore. It's like that's how everything I have, dude. Whether it's the hardcore. store or the jobs I've worked or the clients I've worked, I, I can genuinely say, dude, that everything, my work ethic, everything I know how to do is because I have, for better or worse, dude, fallen in love with this hardcore music thing. Um, I'm fucking forty four years old and I still can't shake it. You know, I still. You know, I love it. I, I do this fucking podcast. I opened a store. I still do a label. It's part. It's part of you. Know, it's part, it's part of, of me, man. Right. I love it because it keeps me in touch with you know, like like one of my favorite things is that I get to do this with Isaac. Like, dude, if you would have told sixteen year old me that I get to do a fucking podcast with this guy, I would, you know, I can't like it. To me, this is just so much fun. I, I, I would um, run. Like you said run as far as I can. Listen, man, I would gladly accept the New York curse for the amount of fun I have. Yeah, I'm just telling you, like. I go, I go, whenever I go, the funniest thing about hardcore, we make jokes, but wherever I go and I'm doing like on a movie set or something or in a back room with like a, like a, like a green room and all of a sudden so the bands come in and all of a sudden I'm like, fuck these guys. Blah, blah, blah. And also like, yo, Scar's my favorite shit. And I'm like, holy shit. Every famous person I know, like, like I had a, 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 a Peter Green was doing a, a movie with Tatum, Tatum O'Neill. 
and she loves Scarhead. I was like, what the fuck? You got a phone with me? I was like, what the fuck? Some shit like that is fucking amazing. Punk rock is, I make jokes, but punk rock, if any actor is into punk, punk rock music, you know they're cool. Like Viggo Mortensen, all these people that like, you love, all these actors, and you can tell which ones, they're all, they love punk rock. They come from the punk rock scene, and that's a fucking great thing, bro. Yeah. Um, on that note, before we let everybody go, Joe, I want you to plug very quick. You just finished a Punishment cassette, which for those who don't know was your early band, right? Is that sold out still, or can you grab that? Yeah, the guy stands a time recordings. He's just a guy who wants to release records uh, for his own satisfaction of having them on cassette. I love that. And since uh, my dog <laughs> passed and we rescued a pit bull from Philly uh, Bully Team, he said, hey, in lieu of paying you, can I donate to Philly Bully Team? And I mean, the, cool. demo, the, this, the cassette version of the, the CD, I, I, you'll love this. Like we were on Mets label. We were all kids. Two damn uh, core records. Core yeah, records. We were, we were, yeah, two, two damn, damn hype. Right? Yeah, two damn hype. Oh my God. Yeah. We were on two damn hype records. I me and Jamie Davis. We, we did that cure compilation. Boy, yes. was on that, that cure compilation. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, we, we, that is not our finest moment. But we did have uh, met, did secure Jake Bannon to do the artwork, so the artwork is a lot better than the actual music. <laughs> and having we just did a twenty year show last year, like we oh uh, that's awesome. It was yeah, cool. We, yeah, we did a twenty year show, and then we did we played the we played early on the Friday of the fest just to have fun because kids were like, oh, we want to check out Punishment, and I don't understand the excitement about the thing, but <laughs> people bought the tape, and, and that's cool, and the money went to Philly Bully Team. So that's, that's amazing. I also still do Shattered Realm. We we're going to be doing a lot of traveling away from here instead of just playing here all the time. Awesome. We just played. We just played with Pain of Truth in New Jersey uh, last year. We did uh, Florida. Yeah, we're going to bring is, you to Connecticut. I've talked to you a little bit about that, so we're definitely. Gonna, I got to yeah, host I like, you here for sure. I like playing shows, and I like doing it with my friends. And um, I even talked to you know. I got to tell. I got to tell the, the coolest shit Isaac ever said about touring. Regarding Mark Mad, E, do you remember this or no? Oh no, tell me, sorry. So, me and E, and I'm like, dude, how, you know, we're talking about Europe. He's like, man, I'm fucking tired of this fucking shit. They got me playing the fucking Kentucky of fucking Germany on a Friday night, and I'm playing Paris. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing the Kentucky of fucking Germany on a Friday night, and I'm playing fucking Paris on a Monday. I don't even play Kentucky a Kentucky motherfucker. <laughs> and it was like the greatest thing because you do uh, play in, you do tour in Europe. You do tour in Europe and you play some bullshit town on like a Thursday or Friday. Yeah. And then you play the big town on a Monday and she was like, why the fuck is this happening? That yeah, we like, did an MAD tour like that. And, and that's the first funniest thing Isaac said. And then we did this, uh, we do these things called Keystone Hardcore Jam. And we yeah. do like, you know, one year we did Sheer Terror, 100 Demons. Isaac walks into the building. He's obviously has a crazy coat. Um, actually, the same night that Isaac said that to me, I was on house arrest. And Greg Daly, the manager, he he manages the day to day operations, pays the bands at this hardcore. He's got big long dreadlocks. He tours with Municipal Waste and Napalm Death and does yeah, yeah. crazy shit. He's like the most legit team member, like the day of the fest operations. I'm on house arrest, so I can't get to the show until four o'clock. And uh, Greg texts me with, Isaac just showed up in a full fur hoodie. <laughs> That's <amazing. laughs> That's <fucking> great. 
And then, uh, so at Keystone Jam, I'm like, hey, what's up, E? And he's like, hey. And he punches this kid directly in the face because he's wearing a screwdriver. And he's like, I yo, Joe, he's, he's got a screwdriver. And you're trying to argue. I'm like, nah, that's in game. That's fair. That's fair. You're like, <laughs> like he goes along to the field. He's like, I don't even know why he's wearing it. But it was such an exact moment. Like, hey. And he went, boom, punched the guy. And it was so good because Isaac immediately is like, try to argue why it's okay. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Um, man, I love that. So, so dude, on, on that uh, note, uh, Joe, where can everybody keep up with you online? Where can we get tickets for This Is Hardcore? Uh, let's plug that before we wrap up. If you're doing Instagram, it's the Joe Hardcore. Twitter, I'm on, you can just go Joe Hardcore. It's the same thing. This is hardcorefest.com and this is hardcorefest at Instagram are the two easiest ways that you can contact any of the social medias for This is Hardcore Fest. Um, and then keep when, up with the Philly shows, right? There's a Philly a HC shows. Yep. Yeah, we got Philly HC shows on Instagram and Twitter, and we got the Philly HC shows.com. Still 100% DIY, still 100% yep. new kids. Philly hardcore shows isn't just Joe Hardcore, it's Bob Wilson, it's Alex Bradley, it's Ben Stuckey, it's Chris X, and it's everybody. I mean, dude, imagine doing a show and you've done these hall shows where at the end of the night it's dirty. There's kids who pay to get in and they stay and sweep up and clean. Which yeah, to me just shows you that the kids that we're raising into this thing have like, real respect for what we're doing, and it's why it's going to continue, and it's why we can bring Isaac down with Crown of Thorns. Actually, congratulations to Isaac for going over a year being in a, in a band with Mike Dijon again. Congratulations, still being in a band with Mike Dijon over a year. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's worse, sober or Mike Dijon, but it's, they're both working out. <laughs> they're both working. By the way, by the way. Uh, he's, uh, Jay, if you haven't seen the full videos, you gotta watch the FYA set from Crown of Thorns. In I'm my opinion, watch that. I'm a I'm a big Crown of Thorns mark. Uh, I watched Crown of. Th- I I remember, and I still to this day, I love that Isaac at one point in time would in interviews and on stage say, "I'm gonna start a hardcore band called Scarhead." He wouldn't refer to Crown of Thorns <laughs> as a hardcore band. You'd be like, like, no, I got my, I got this new hardcore band called Scarhead. Like he didn't, like at that time he's like, ah, we're not I really like that. a hardcore. But he, they opened, um, this is how nerdy I am. They opened, I won't say open. They played second or third to last at the, at the E-Town record release for Time to Shine at the Pipeline. And it was basically oh, 25 shit. minutes of fucking stand up, And it was Isaac being like, if you motherfuckers aren't going to mosh, wait till I bring my fucking hardcore band up here. Scarhead, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> But I, I, I missed the pipeline, bro. Yeah, I, dude, it was one of my favorite places oh, to be, and I missed many. I missed many days of school because the train would leave Newark and get to Trenton, and then we couldn't get to Philly in time to go to school. But that's oh, how I. That's why I ended up with a GED and I pour concrete for a living. Yeah, is, union, union made. <laughs> out of all, I mean, I've had Crown of Thorns play. This is hardcore. I've never seen a response. Like FYA for Crown of Thorns. It was absolutely yeah, that, young kids. I've seen the clips were crazy. The you young kids were absolutely 100% behind you. And it's because Thank of the you. things that you mentioned earlier. You're staying apolitical. You're not beating people down with a fucking, with the same shit that everybody else. And this is the hard thing to dissect is that it, the older folks in hardcore have opinions like everybody else. But yeah. these kids on social media, they want to hear about cool hardcore shit. They want to support your band. They want to support your art. They want to. Yeah. get themselves excited about the culture they don't want to be like fucking browbeating about the politics side of things and Listen, that, that, the people why, that do it the people that do it are not winning they're losing yeah. contact with the young fan base because the kids have enough of it so Isaac, for your age and for the friendships that you have yeah. you have done the best 
to just be like, I'm fucking Isaac and I'll say what the fuck I want. I'm crazy. A couple of times you said some shit, you're like, hey, I'm just playing around and everybody takes you for your word. Yeah, and it's, it's such it, a they, better relieving thing to read Isaac's social media than a lot of people who are your peers and people that I look up to over it, the last it, couple of years because I, I, I'm getting tired of being told this and this. It's it's just too much. So I'm gonna tell you this on it, reading the room. It, and not it, it means the world to me. Like I love my, my my friends, I love my brothers, and but we all have our own minds and our own own people. But the thing is this: when I got to hardcore punk to get away that scene. It's because even metal is to get away from my parents. They would talk about politics. Okay, I, to get away from my mother and father, my father yelling, screaming. My mother, I get away from the adult thing. So I want to go away to CBGBs for four or five hours, six hours the most, and come back into reality. So those five hours, I want to be lost in bliss and fucking my friends and love and music and be right there. And then you got to go home and listen to the bitch and the crying. The rent's not paid. You're a piece of shit. Fuck you. You fuck. I know you fucking her. You know, that's something like that. You know, that. I don't hear this The politics, you know, Ronald Reagan and shit. I don't, I, I, fuck that. Jimmy Carter. I want to fucking listen, listen to hardcore. You mean that's it? And listen to suicide Tennessee shit. You know, that's it. Writing graffiti. Uh. So right now, the kids don't want to hear fucking about it and yearn. So, and the, 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 the the fucking the commodity and fucking the, the stocks and the fuck, who the no, fuck kids, listen man kids want to hear about our history they want to hear about the shows they want they're like you know man that's a, like when we have guests on and, and older dudes like they start to go off topic and i'm like dude people just want to hear about the video they no want the I, 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 they want to know about the record they want to know about the culture they would rather hear an old story they would rather hear an old story or Isaac saying hey you know what we all went down to florida and ended up in these tattoo convention pictures you ever see them pictures? Like when Rich Life's got six tattoos. No, you do. Like, I'm a nerd. You know, like I, you know, like I, when it comes to hardcore stuff, outlaw like, biker tattoos, outlaw biker tattoos. Yeah, you guys ended up all in this. And my, you gotta understand this. My mom, my mom, and my family were very tied into biker shit. So yeah. early on, I'm looking at New York hardcore people in the tattoo magazines. Like, oh shit. <laughs> Oh shit! You know, no, like, crazy. Fat, fat Kevin recipes, Rick, Tommy Conan. We all like, like people have that, that narc, Madball, MQ. We're all in that man. Back in the day, man. So it's it's just everything. All these cultures, all these scenes, cultures, whatever, tattooing, gang, uh, music, everything crosses over. Even the weird fucking a lot of these hardcore guys went to the EDM and fucking uh, rave scenes. You know, they, or everyone, everywhere you go, everywhere I go, no matter what music, they'll stop me and be like, yo, I love fucking Crown Thorns. I love Scar. I love, love <laughs> hardcore. I love your shit, man. So, it, the Juggalos, those motherfuckers all have my, one guy had all my records. I signed it on a, a tour, a rap tour. And they're like, I so that. saying that we, as hardcore people, New York hardcore, Philly hardcore, Connecticut hardcore, we have influenced the whole fucking world and the people. You, you can see it. You see it in culture now. That guy, I'm yeah. telling you, the and, and because I'm a nerd and collect these books, there's, I mean, there's so many people that found hardcore at different stages and that are from the 70s and late 70s yeah. all through the 80s and 90s. And what they learned from hardcore punk stayed with them through all their different art successes, movie successes. <laughs> I mean, it, it's. You know, there's there's a hundreds of examples, and I I I love that you touched on that because that's like a huge thing. It's like they may they may have not gone to every single show in the last twenty years, but, yeah, but hardcore they, they made the influence on them, and then what they took from that is a whole different other world. I tell you, like Matt Dillon, hardcore kid. You know, like, there's so many people out there 
they, they, the folks don't even see the hardcore kids. So, Ad Rock, the Beastie Boys. Yo, I'm just saying that hardcore has been there and like, but you know, these dudes had to cut off the had to cut off the New York hardcore thing because the, the curse is real. I love it. <laughs> on, on that note, I'm, I'm seeing your comment right now. <laughs> Apparently, one thing I heard that Vince Vaughn might actually be a first generation hardcore dude. Apparently, I, I, he has like super old school hardcore shirts from like 80, 81, 84. Like, apparently, he has deep, I, deep old school connections to hardcore. I hung crazy. out with him one, I hung out with him one night. Me, we went to a, 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 a club cheaters. He was outside, he couldn't get in. And I was like, home, Bonnie, uh, Bonnie used to work at Nana with me, was Walter's from Stifle's ex girlfriend back then. His girlfriend back there, and she's like working the door, and I was like, I was like, yo, Vince Ford, I was saying, with Gennady, I said, we're coming with us. He was like, oh, he came in with us, hang out. So it was the funniest, <laughs> right after swingers. Vince right Vaughn after- Vince Vaughn's a first generation hardcore dude. That's <laughs> crazy. Hardcore um, Yo, so on, on that note, we're going to wrap it up. Yo, Joe, thank you so much for making the time. Thank you, Joe. This, this was so much fun. Um, I do hope I get to see you, man, uh, at, uh, at a This Is Hardcore very soon, man. I'm, I'm, I'm way overdue, so I, I'm going to try to make it out there. Um, and we're going to host you here in Connecticut very soon. If there wasn't so much traffic between New York City and Connecticut, I would come to Connecticut more. I but know. It, it, it takes me longer to get to Connecticut from the minute I get to like past the uh, George Washington Bridge. I could walk there. It'd be faster <laughs> to get to Connecticut. And, I, and yeah, That's I do true. the and I do the Sawmill Parkway and the 15. You might as <laughs> I'd be better off with the fucking Oregon Trail than trying yeah, to fucking yeah. get there. It's the hardest. I mean, it's, it's so hard to get to Connecticut from Philadelphia. It's, it, you know, it's easy. And E, obviously, dude, both of you guys, I mean, Jay, I, I, I do. It's great that you said that. Like when I first started traveling, you and I became easy friends. Yeah, and man. I love the that. The cool thing is, is we don't have to see each other every day and we pick up like we just saw each yep. other yesterday. Always, e, man. I have so much e, love and respect for you, Joe. You know that. You can move to Philadelphia, and I call you my brother. You always know if you ever needed anything. And likewise, we've had some amazing, crazy conversations. We have had crazy conversations about immediately insane shit that's about to happen. We've had conversations <laughs> as insane shit's happening. And I, I, I respect you. I love you for Stay everything here, you do. And, and I'm telling you, this was awesome to be a part of. I love that. I hope you guys do more of them. And. Obviously, can't wait to see you guys at This Is Hardcore because I know you guys. I'm gonna call you. Yeah, I know you're coming. I already know you're coming. I already. I got the Isaac pass already set. I know you know. Thank you, brother. We got to try to maybe we got to do a Diablo's Den there maybe next year or something. But uh, Joe, one day I'm gonna surprise you. I'm definitely gonna get down there. But yo, much love, everybody. Please check out This Is Hardcore this year and every year. Dude, support Joe. He's got shows going on all year. Um, shout out again to everybody who's been following us on doing the Diablos Digest and the Ruckus Podcast. Yes, Ruckus Podcast. Uh, stay subscribed. I love you guys all. Peace. Thank you so much. Peace. Out. Peace. The world is mine. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.